So good to see you today in the house of the Lord on the coldest day of the year. Hallelujah. Was it cold at your house this morning? Hallelujah. It's cold at my house, cold in this house. Hallelujah. So good to see you today. We just welcome again all of our guests and visitors. Thank you for being here today. Trust that already you felt the presence of the Lord moving. Amen. Amen. Just a strong presence in here today. Hallelujah. Well, who's ready for the word this morning? Are you ready? Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Grab your Bibles if you would one more time. Just stand if you don't mind. Just want to push on a few things today. Um, boy, last Sunday morning, what a, just a, a sovereign move of God we had in here. And, you know, we don't ever really come to plan for those kind of things, but we always want to be open to those kind of things. Always want to be open and let God do what he wants to do. And just such a tremendous presence of the Lord in here. Last Sunday morning, I know lives were touched. And I never take that for granted. I never take that lightly when God just shows up in a, in a material form almost where he's just ever-present, where he becomes tangible. Amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to Numbers chapter 11. Does this sound all right out there to y'all, the microphone? Does that sound okay? We've been working with it up here a little bit with the monitors and stuff and just trying to tweak it for me, trying to get it right. Numbers chapter 11, I'm going to skip around with a little bit of reading here and just you can help stay with the narrative here that as we're reading it. And uh, I just felt like over the last couple of weeks to just to push on a couple things in our lives and in our hearts and just try to break some things open because I believe that our best days are in front of us. Got about good three amens right there. I really believe our best days are in front of us. Amen. So we're just going to push on some things and believe God to continue to expand the borders of our life. Numbers chapter 11, beginning in verse number 1. Now the people became like those who complained of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp the people therefore cried out to Moses and Moses prayed to the Lord and the fire died out so that the name of that place was called Tabera which literally means fire or burning because of the fire of the Lord burned among them and the rabble who were among them had greedy desires and also the sons of Israel wept again and said who will give us meat to eat we remember the fish which we used to eat free in Egypt the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic but now our appetite is gone and there is nothing at all to look at except this manna well it's hard to it's hard to please greedy people ain't it verse number 10 verse number 10 now Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, each man at the doorway of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you been so hard on your servant, and why have I, why have I not found favor in your sight, and you've laid the burden of all these people on me? Was it I who conceived all these people? Was it I who brought them forth? that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat 
to give to these people. For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. Verse number 14. For I am am not able, I alone am not able to carry all these people because it's too burdensome for me. So if you're going to deal this with me, please kill me. (laughs) You ever been there? Lord, I'm just tired of all this. You might as well just... That's kind of the relationship that Moses and God had. At one point, Moses was like saying, God, you just kill them all. And then Moses gets tired of it. You know, he says, God, you just kill them all. And then, then God gets tired of him and says, Moses, I'm just going to kill them all. So Moses intercedes. God intercedes. So they're going back and forth in their relationship. He said, Lord, I just can't do all this. It's just, just, just kill me at once. If I found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. Now that word wretchedness, let me just bring some clarity to it. It literally deals with incompetence. That word wretchedness literally deals with capacity. So Moses was literally saying, don't bring me such a, to such a place where you're going to bring all this about and I'm not able to manage it. God, don't bring me to a level that I can't handle. Don't don't bring us out of a place of bondage and into a place of freedom and I can't manage it. It's just, don't don't let me see my wretchedness. Let Let me finish reading here. Verse number 16. The Lord therefore said to Moses, gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel whom you know to be elders of of the people and the officers and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and I will speak with you there and I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it all alone. Verse number 24. So Moses went out and he told the people the words of the Lord. And also he gathered 70 men of Israel of the people and stationed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and he spoke to them. And he took of the spirit who was upon him and he placed it upon the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. They prophesied and they did not do it again. But I like the way the King James puts it. And they prophesied, and they did not cease. They began to prophesy, and they did not cease. I want to talk to you this morning. We're kind of in our series, the vein of thought that we began with a couple of weeks ago, that God is making room for me. But I want to put a subtitle to this, what I want to push on a little bit today. And I just simply titled it, A Divine Release. A Divine Release. Why don't you just help me put that into the atmosphere. Touch about two or three people in your zip code there and tell them God's going to give you a divine release. Come on, just tell them God is going to give you a divine release. Come on, just push on somebody real good. Just stir them up a little bit. They look a little frozen there. Just tell them God is going to give you a divine release. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, this morning I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you today that you are here. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, you're the teacher, you're the communicator, you're the revealer, you're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're going to do in our midst. Lord, I just give you praise in advance 
for lives that are going to be literally changed and transformed under the ministry of your word. Lord, I give you all the glory for that now. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen and amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. In our text this morning, we find where Moses is leading a nation, a nation of people, out from what, I, what I'm going to call a Pharaoh system. He's, he's leading them out of Egypt and into the promised land. He's leading them out of what I'm going to just use and refer back to throughout this morning as a Pharaoh system. And it's a system that has dominated them and put limitations on them, and it would not let them get up. It's a system that would not let the people of God advance. It was a system, an order of way of doing things that would not let the people of God progress, not only in their life, but in their service to the things of God. They were in a Pharaoh system. And it's not that these people were not intelligent. It's not that they weren't gifted. It's not that they didn't have any ability. It's not that they didn't love God. It's just that they were caught up in a system that was limiting their progress. How many know that many times we find ourselves living or serving in a system, in a Pharaoh type of system that comes to limit our progress? It's a system, it's an orderly way of doing things that seeks to limit the progress of God in your life and it seeks to limit you from advancing into the to the destiny that God has over your life. It's not that the word or the promise is bad. Whatever the word is over your life, whatever the promise of God is over your life, it's not that the word or the promise is bad. It's just that sometimes we are living in a system that won't let that word manifest. We're living in a system that will not let us get up and progress forward. So in our text today, here comes Moses. This is where we pick it up a little bit. Moses arrives on the scene, and he's called to deal with this Pharaoh system. He's called to deal with this system that's holding God's people in bondage. But the problem is Moses himself has been born into a house under the same system. Moses, who was called to deliver God's people, was born under the same system of the people that he's called to deliver. The truth is, everybody, under the sound of my voice, is born into a system. It's a, it's a functioning culture. Everybody is born into a functioning culture that was already in progress whenever you got here. You were born into a system that had rules and mentalities. You were born into a system that had a certain way of doing things. It was a school of thought that was already present when you arrived. Everybody is born into some order of a system. Everybody is born into some level of a culture. And however long you lived in that system, however long you lived under that culture, 
it became culturalized in your thinking. And the way you think, the way you process, the way you handle a thing is based on the culture that you were raised in. The, the way you process, the way you emote, the way you look at things, the way you think about a thing, the experiences of your life, the, 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 the conditions of your life come back to the way the culture that you were raised in. Many people make decisions based on their experiences versus principle. So Moses, he's raised in this school of thought. He's born into a school of thought, not raised, but born into this school of thought. He's born into a household. Yeah, I'm going to go there in a minute. Y'all ready? He's born into a system. He's born into a thought process that was already pre-existing for 400 years. He's born into a mentality that has existed among his people for 400 years, and he's got all these generational curses that he's looking at, but yet he's called to break. Born into a thought process, born into a culture, born into a place that's been in bondage for 400 years, and wrapped in that bondage is a system that won't let him get up. Wrapped up in that bondage, that culture, that, that, that way of thinking, that thought process is, is generational curses that says we're going to lock you down for the rest of your life. You'll never be better than anybody you've ever known in your family. You'll never be better than anybody you've known in your neighborhood. You'll never be any better than where you are right now because you're born into a way of thinking. Push on somebody, tell them it's a divine release now. It's a divine release. When you have a generation of people who have been oppressed, depressed, upset, frustrated, it affects and it shapes the mentality of how you live and how you function. Systems predict outcomes. Systems affect the outcome of certain things. You can put good people in a bad system and you'll limit the potential in the good. Huh? I mean, you know that that, that in, in America, we got all kinds of systems. We got, we, we, we got judicial systems. We got school systems. We got governmental systems. We, 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 got, we got all kinds of systems. I mean, know that in the education system that just because you bought a new computer and put a few new desks in there doesn't make the kids smarter. You, you, we, we, we got family systems, structures in our family. How many know that? Having more kids don't make it a better system. <laughs> if you got a dysfunctional family, however many kids you have, they're gonna be that many more dysfunctional family members. Can't find no help in this Holy Ghost loving church right now. Because the system determines the outcome. 
the system, the way you think about a thing. I'm going to go somewhere in a minute. I'm just hoping you stay on board with me. The way you think about a thing, the way you handle certain things. So here comes Moses now. He, he arrives on the scene, and, and I'm going to use some just everyday words that don't sound so spiritual. He, Moses has on him, Moses is carrying something. I'm just going to call it in, in just in terms that we can recognize. He's carrying an assignment. He's carrying a mandate. He's got, he, he, he's got a mission. Here's a spiritual word for you. He's got an anointing. He, he's got an anointing. That's the spiritual side. But, but on, uh, just, just so that we can kind of grab it in our heads, he's got this assignment on his life to break a system. He, he's, he's born into a system, but he's called to break a system. He, he's born into a house. That's under a system. So, so his mother, when, when Moses is born, and, and just so we don't have to cover a whole lot of ground, but his mother tries to hide him for about three months because uh, Pharaoh, the king, has put this edict out, this command out to kill all the male babies that are born. Kill them. He told that to the midwives, and the midwives couldn't get with it. They disobeyed Pharaoh because they couldn't see killing innocent little children. So Pharaoh said, just take all the babies, all the newborn male babies, and just throw them into the Nile River. Just kill them all. So Moses, his mother, is trying to hide him. And, and, and the Bible says that she hid him for about three months. But how many know that when you've been anointed to break something, you can't stay hidden for long? When, when, when there's something on the inside of you, you're, you just can't stay suppressed forever. You can't just stay living in a hiding place forever. When you know there's an assignment on your life. When you know you've been called to do something significant in your generation. You can't just sit there and stay hidden all the days of your life. So the Bible says that she puts him in this basket and puts him into the Nile River, and I'm going to call the river the flow, puts him into this flow, and this, 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 this river, this flow, carries him from one house structure to another house structure. This, 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 this school of thought that he was born into, his mother puts him into the flow, puts him into the river, and just down the house of where he was born is another system. Just down the flow of the river, there's another school of thought. There's another way of how to handle business just down the river. Just down the river, he, he, he's, he's, he's moved from this is the way... I was born into, but over here, they're functioning on a different level than what I was born into. Just down the flow, just in the flow, just a little further down the road, there's a different operation going on. There's a different level, a different mindset. A different way of thinking. And in that system, there are things that he's allowed to do in that system that he wasn't allowed to do over here in this system. There, there are things that Moses 
will need to know in this system in order to break the system that he was born into. That there's things over here that he's going to learn that would not let him learn over here. But just because God loves you that much, God will put you in the flow and put you in another system so you can learn some things over here. So that not so that you could just camp out here and say, look at me now, but so that you can march right back up into the system in which you were born into and say, this ain't right. And this is what I was born for. And this is what God has called me to do. And you get to march right back up into the system, the school of thought, the patterns of thinking. You get to walk right back up into that place. You get to look at your children. You get to look at your marriage. You get to look at your family. And you get to say, we're not going to live like the way we've been living. There is another level in life. There's another Another way of emoting in life and there is a different anointing in life and we don't have to stay down when God has set us free push on somebody and tell them it's a release now it's a release so the river now I'm, I'm about to get to where I'm going I don't have a whole lot of time left I'm gonna preach it here in a minute so the river flows it carries him to a house watch this now where there is a different level of expectation He's learning a different language. He's learning arts and, and, and education, mathematics. He's learning military training. He's learning how to act. He's learning how to do some things. He's learning how to respond. He's learning how to handle business. He's learning how to manage a life. But he's got to break a system over there because he's learning something over here that the system that he was born into wouldn't let him learn. This will be on the screen for you. God frees him from a system so he can learn about the systems so he can go back and break up a system. Hmm? Because the house he was born into was dominated. Here we go now. I'm about to turn the corner. The house that he was born into was dominated by a limited mentality. He was born into a house full of oppression. But where he was raised was not like the place where he was born. Because where he started from wasn't enough to get him to where God was taking him. That's why you don't have time to be complaining about where God has you right now. You don't have time to be complaining about the place you're in right now. You don't have time to be complaining about the position that God has you in right now. The reason God has you in that place right now is so that you can learn something different 
So by the time you get through with your learning exercise, by the time the fullness of the completion of God's assignment comes around in your life, you get to walk back up into the place where there is limitations, there is restrictions, and there is frustrations, and you're not bound by that locality anymore. You're not bound by that zip code no more. You're not bound by that mindset no more. You're not bound by the way or the school of thought no more, but you get to walk up in there knowing that you've been anointed to do something different and you get to look back into that system and say you can't hold me and you can't hold me back from the place and the assignment and you won't let me just put it to you this way if you got enough faith to receive it you won't keep my family back you won't keep my children back you won't keep my business back you won't keep the you won't keep back the assignment that God has over my life because I learned something over there that this system wouldn't teach me here but I got enough in me to know I was anointed not to stay in the system but to break it up for the glory of God push on somebody and tell them it's going to get better it's going to get better so he's learning now he's learning he's learning diplomacy he's learning language management how to come in how to go out he's learning protocol proper procedures he's learning how things work He's understanding a system and how it works so he can walk back up in to a system that he was raised in or, 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 or born in and then take that same breaking anointing and walk right back up into the house that he was raised in and say, even though you taught me something different, you're still trying to limit me and I'm going to break it in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. And there are some things in your life that cannot be fixed with a calculator. There are some things in your life that cannot be fixed with another app. (laughs) Can't find no love in this place right now. I'm going to keep on working. There are some things in your life that a TikTok video just will not fix. There's some things in your life with more likes on Facebook. It's just not going to help you. More, no more self-help programs. No more arm of the flesh. There are some things in your life. It's not that you're not gifted. It's not that you're not talented. It's not that you don't love God. You have just been captured by a mindset. You've been captivated by a school of thought. You've been reverting back to a school of thought that has always kept you at a limited place. And I just got to tell you this morning, you got to know the world that we live in the culture that we live in it will forever and always be against the assignment of God in your life and you just got to know I am tough enough to handle whatever God has put in my life and society cannot stop me culture cannot hinder me the devil cannot block me as long as the greater one is on the inside of me I realize today I may not have it as tough as somebody else I may not have gone through all the hard times as everybody else but I've gone through a enough to know that God has been good to me and God will be good to me and God will always bring me out. If he brought me out, then he's going to bring me in. I am built for something better. I am built to outlast any level of adversity. Push on somebody and tell him it's a system now. It's a system that you got to break. It's a system. It's a system. There are some things in your life 
Let me, let, me, let me give you a couple of scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Can I take a water break here? I don't know why my mouth is. Maybe it's just dry outside. I start refueling. I get another pep in my step. <laughs> Had about three monsters this morning. I don't know what it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, very familiar passage of scripture. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strong, strongholds or destruction of fortresses. The weapons of our warfare the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down or the dismantling of strongholds. Now, here, here's, this will be on the screen for you. Strongholds are those arrogant, rebellious ideas and attitudes that opposes the will of God for your life. That's what a stronghold is. A stronghold is not a demon. A stronghold is not a devil. A stronghold is the place of occupation. A stronghold is where demons operate from. And so we, we, have, we have to be careful that, that, that these, these rebellious ideas and attitudes that, that, that opposes the will of God. In other words, anything that goes against the true knowledge of God, thought about long enough, dwelled on long enough, eventually becomes a mindset which eventually becomes a stronghold when you're in a when you have a stronghold in your head it's a rebellious idea and attitude against the will of God for your life you got to be careful that's why that's why it goes on to say that's why you got to take every thought captive you got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and then you got to be ready. Somebody shout ready. Then you got to be ready to punish all disobedience. So anything that doesn't line up with the word of God over my life, I cannot dwell on that. I cannot think on that. I cannot build a camp around that. I have to take it captive. I have to hold it hostage so it don't become a mindset, so it doesn't become a stronghold. And then next thing I know, I'm fighting against the very one that's trying to liberate me. A stronghold. It's the way you think about a thing. It's how you handle certain things. And we are called to destroy a stronghold in, in, in the way it works in, in our word, the, the rebellious thoughts and ideas and attitudes. It, it's our arguments. It's us trying to reason out systems of thought that are opposed to the things of God. We try to argue with it. For instance, God says, you got to love your neighbor. Well, I don't like them. <laughs> I just lost all my amens. You got to pray for those who despitefully use you. I'll be dog. I hope they burn and die and go to hell. Huh? Y'all way too spiritual for me right now. Way too spiritual. Y'all can hold that. I, I, I didn't mean to. You know you're lying. And what we do is we start arguing in our head what our spirit is trying to communicate. 
And we start arguing in our mind. And here's the thing. You start thinking about it long enough and you start putting your doctrine in there. You start putting your ideology in there. You start putting your own school of thought in there. The next thing you know, you are diametrically opposed to the will of God. Because God is saying one thing, but your mind. Your stronghold, the way you emote, the way you capture things, the way you deal out life. Next thing you know, you're living at a level down here that you've been called to break, you've been called to overthrow, and you've been called to conquer. That's why right here in this region, right here in Sugartown, right here in our area, if you're not careful, this, this area has a culture. This area has a mindset. And if you're not careful, you'll keep thinking like the dominant culture that you were raised in. And it will bring limitation to you. It It'll bring limitation to your family but you got to know I've been born for something greater than this and I may have to learn something over here that they wouldn't teach me over here but I know why I'm learning it I know why I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm called to break the assignment of hell off of my life I'm called to break it I'm called to dismantle it and quit giving reasoning and arguments God said, I'm tired of the children of Israel, Moses. All they want to do is complain. <laughs> I read that. I said, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to be a complainer. You sitting in this house today and you living and breathing. You ain't got nothing to complain about. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through. I, I don't have to know what you've been through, but I know what he went through for you. I'm not saying it's been easy. And I'm not saying the struggle ain't real. I'm just saying you ain't got to live in that system. I'm just saying you ain't got to live dominated by the system that you've been called to walk out of and be blessed and come back to it and say, I ain't going to put up with that in my generation. So a stronghold, let me just work this out for a few more minutes while we got a little bit of time. Strongholds are those destructive patterns of thought. That's what it is. It, that, that lead people astray and hold them hostage, watch, to sinful, harmful, and addictive behaviors. Mm. That's what strongholds are. That's a working definition. Strongholds are those thoughts that, that pull people astray and hold them hostage to a sinful, harmful, and addictive behaviors. This will be on the screen for you. Satan's strategy is to block the knowledge or the application of God's word in the thinking of believers so that they will stay held hostage by his lies. Hmm? That's his strategy. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're spiritual. You cannot fight a spiritual enemy with carnal words. You have to fight them with spiritual application. If not, the system that's over you, and it doesn't matter what level you're on, there's always a system. The system that's over you will hold you. Addictive behavior is not the stronghold, it's the fruit of it. Addictive behavior is just the fruit of a stronghold. 
That's all it is. What creates behavior is belief. Because we always believe, and then we behave the way we believe. Somebody said, well, I, I like to come to church, but my kids act up. I said, your kids act up anywhere. Because you got, you got a belief system in your house, you don't bring consequences to bad behavior. So they, they, they act up, they, you, put them in a, you, put it in a, you put them in a ordered environment, you put them in a structured environment, they don't know what that's like because they've been living in chaos all their life. And you're trying to blame it on the teachers, you're trying to blame it on the church, you're trying to blame it on everybody that's trying to bring some correction to them, and you're trying to work them out a little bit, and the teachers are saying, listen, this ain't my fault, I didn't raise Johnny, this ain't my fault, you got chaos working back at your house, then you drop him off with me for about seven hours a day, and you want me to correct all the bad. Well, the bad started in the way you think about a thing. Their behavior is a result of the way you've been believing the whole time in your life, and now you build a stronghold in the middle of your family and you want to drop them off and you want somebody to fix what you have made possible. <laughs> Y'all ain't loving me today. I feel it, but I'm, I'm trying to get this out because we are called right here. New Harvest Church. I can't speak for all the other churches and there's a lot of good churches in this city and there's some good pastor friends of mine. I'm not preaching for them. I'm preaching for this house because we are called to break things. We are called to open up things and we are called to let the devil know this land belongs to God. It has and it always will. You may have had a stronghold in this land, but we want you to know we're coming. We are coming and we're coming with a different mentality we've got a different mindset and we're not coming to negotiate the will of God we are here to enforce the will of God and to drive out every power every prince of power every spirit of darkness every wickedness in high places we are here to let you know that the greater one lives inside of us Woo. so we're coming to break systems so that the glory of God can be revealed over generations. Once a stronghold has been built or established, which is the result of thinking, once it's been built or established, then it gets ruled by spiritual powers, principalities, watch, who is given permission to have jurisdiction in that area. Not by God, but by the way we think. God's already set the boundaries. God's already laid it out. Mm. So whatever place the enemy is occupying, it's not because you're not gifted. It's not because you're not talented. It's not because you don't love God. It's because you've been thinking a certain way based on the experiences of the culture that you were raised in. Because where the mind goes, the life will follow. We move through life, spiritually speaking, head first. Head first. It doesn't matter how many times we feel trapped, how many times we feel stuck. If you can't get your head around it, you won't be able to get your life through it. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Is this making any sense? 
I'm trying to turn the corner so I can preach. I just can't quite get there yet. I really want to preach. I feel it. Oh, my Lord, I feel it. But, but, but we got to understand that, that, that God has set us up for success, but not without adversity. Only the American gospel, the American mindset would say you should have God and no trouble. Which is totally against scripture. All those who live godly will be persecuted. You, you can't have an assignment. You can't have an anointing on your life. And the enemy just say, well, just going to give it to him. The apostle Paul said, there's a wide door that's been opened up to me. And by the way, there are many adversaries. So whatever dimension God brings you into, you better learn how to fight effectively. Because that ceiling of that system will pull you back down and it won't let you get up. But if you understand how to fight it, because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of stronghold. The greatest enemy in my life is not the devil because he's been defeated. The greatest enemy in my life is the way I think about a thing. Because what has not been defeated is the way I process, the way I think through things. So my soul has to be doing this, this whole education process where I begin to learn the word of God. Don't tell me you're going to be a successful believer and you don't know the word of God. Because you got a real devil that knows more about how to bring you down than you know about rising up. And if you don't have the word lodged up in your spirit, the enemy's just going to have a field day. It's going to be like a cherry pick and shoot he's just going to have a good time just popping you off and laying you down but when you understand there's enough word on the inside of me and everything I'm working against God has a word on it God has a promise over it. so it's not about the word it's not about the promise it's got to be the system that won't let me get up so you begin to press into those dimensions and you use the word of God Use it. The Bible says in Ephesians that the word of God is like like a sword. You use it to cut up, move out of the way, the promises of the enemy that's trying to hold you back. You, You use the word like a weapon in your favor. Okay? Y'all doing all right? Just a few minutes. Because being born again... Doesn't give you a renewed mind. It gives you a, a regenerated heart. So it's possible to be redeemed, but not be renewed in your mind. Let me say it this way your spirit can be living at a new address, and your mind is still trapped at an old address. Come on, Moses. You, 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 come on, children of Israel. You can, be, you can be brought out of bondage and moving towards the greatest level of your life, moving towards the promises of God over your life. But because of what you were brought up in, because you've been so conditioned and culturalized to think the way you've been thinking, the moment you have a chance to, 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 to make any kind of announcement, you go back, well, did they just bring us out here to kill us?
No. He's bringing you out here to develop you. Because there are giants where you're going. What you had in Egypt was a taskmaster. But there are giants where you're going. And there are walled cities where you're going. There are places that God's going to open up to you. But if you keep using that old history talk, then your mind is not making the journey. Your body is there, but your mind is not there. And it won't be long that your body will override your mind. Okay. Are we doing all right? I know it's more teaching probably than preaching here, but let me just get through it. Is this all right? Okay. So the reality of it is, is this. You can live in bondage for so long in your mind that no matter what God does for you, your grasshopper mentality will not let you get up. It won't let you get up. Because every time there's an opportunity to move forward, you keep thinking in reverse. And they couldn't get past their own thinking because of the challenges. And so instead of seeing the promise, all they saw was the problem. I look around, I observe, I take an inventory of what's going on in our nation. We got a jacked up nation. We got jacked up governments. We got jacked up systems. 75% of our nation's population claim to be Christian. We shouldn't be living at this level. We ought to be blazing the glory across the world and showing the world how to live because we put God above everything. But, 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 but because we, we, we have lived based on what we wanted. Just lost all my amens right there. Because we, 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 we've got to the place where, like, like I, and, and I'm not saying this because my heart, and I was praying last night because of, of the, the, the severe cold weather, because we live in an agrarian society. I don't want it to mess up our farmers because they got families and, and we got industry and organizations. The vegetable farmers can't. I'm, I'm, I'm like praying, Lord, please, please, God, just, just let the wind blow all night. Do what you got to do. Don't let the wind stop. Don't let it get cold where frost and ice and all that begin to set down. I'm praying all those prayers. And I look on Facebook last night and people that I know don't even go to church. And they're trying to cry out to God. Oh, God, save our farms. God. And I'm like, oh, you, you have lost your ever-living mind. You're putting your little prayer in like God is some little vending machine. Like you can just put that in there when you want it. But you don't want to live for him. You don't want to walk with him. You don't want to serve him. You just want God based on the level that you want him on. But when you got a problem, when you know you need a need, when it's beyond your ability to move it with your money, when it's beyond your ability to move it with your politics, when it's beyond the ability to move it with your silly racism, then you're going to say, oh, God, we need your help. Can I tell you something? He's a bigger God than that. He's so big that he'll live right in the middle of your heart. And so we get to the place where now, 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 now we need him because we got enemies. No, you needed him before you had an enemy. And you're going to need him with an enemy and you're going to need him after an enemy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This will be on the screen before all the others trying to catch your breath. Redemption gets me to heaven, but a renewed mind brings heaven into my earth. God wants us to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom right here, right now. Not some sweet day by and by. He wants us to live and walk in victory right here. 
See, and a, re, a renewed mind, and we don't have time to teach all that because we are severely out of time, but a renewed mind puts us in a position to receive naturally what God has already promised spiritually. That's what a renewed mind does. That's why your mind has to be renewed, not removed. So here comes Moses. He's called to be a deliverer. He says, Lord, don't let them see my wretchedness. I can't bear all this by myself. The purpose, the calling, the destiny that you have for us is more than I can handle by myself. Those were Moses' words. We read it. But the problem is it's not, he's not alone as it relates to people. He's not alone as it relates to company. He's alone in how it relates to capacity. Because he had Miriam, his sister, interceded for him for 80 years. He's not alone. He's got Aaron walking with him. He's not alone. He's got Joshua standing by his side. He's, not, he's got his father-in-law, Jethro. Who taught him the ways of the desert. He's not alone. As it relates to people. But he's alone. As it relates to capacity. He said Lord don't get me out here. With all this promise. With all this opportunity. And me not be able to manage it. Don't let me get to the place of my designed destiny. And I can't handle the responsibility. Because see, Moses, is, he switched minds when he was in Egypt. Over here, over here in Goshen, where he was born, he was born into a slave mentality. He was born under oppression. He was born as a slave. But over here, he's learning something different that he couldn't learn over here. Over here, he's learning responsibility. Over here, he's learning how to manage what I have been given stewardship over. He's learning a different system over here. And he gets to this place now in his own life because he's doing personal inventory because he sees the vastness and the greatness of the God possibilities. Now he's taking inventory and saying, oh God, don't let me get to the place where my wretchedness is being revealed. In other words, don't let me, don't bring me to a place that I can't manage. In other words, my mind has to keep shifting to a different dimension. Because oh, oh, over here, they wouldn't let him get up. But over here now, he's no longer consumer-minded. He's management-minded. See, when you're born under oppression, when you're born under generational curses, you just want to be a consumer because it's all about getting. But once you learn something different, it's not about getting. It's learning how, to, how do I give more? How do I become more productive with the lifespan that God has given me? Because that's what's going on in, 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 the, in the American Christianity world. It's all about consumer. How can you bless me? How can you make me feel good? How can you make me be better? We even got people that come in here. They say, well, I just hope they sing my favorite song so at least I can worship a little bit. Oh, it's all about you. I'm sorry. We should have prayed to you this morning before we got up. 
well, I hope the preacher's on today because after all, you know, I get tired. I fall asleep. Well, I know I, we, we, should, we should have a special chair just for you that's got vibration on the bottom of it, air-cooled seats when it's hot. And, and you know, we just, we just ought to just design the service around you because after all, it's making you happy because after all, if you're not happy, then really nobody's going to be happy. It just got real quiet because it's 12 o'clock. I know, I know. It's never about us. It's always what God does through us. And the moment you elevate it and you think yourself more highly than you ought, you are setting yourself up for a downfall because it's not that God don't want to make you great because God will make you great. But at the end of the day, you got to understand where that greatness comes from. It comes based on your capacity to manage the level that he puts you on. And if you can be faithful on this level, you can be faithful on the next level. So the answer to our territory, the answer to our nation, it's not just another system, but it's got to be a prophetic people that understand that the spirit that was on Moses can be on the people and they all can stand and begin to declare and prophesy a few things and move out of the strongholds of limitations. Now, let me, let me, let me get here because it, it is past my time. And I, I, I want to mix a little bit of science. I, I'm, I'm stuck. I close my Bible. I'm done. Guys, you got to drop all the way down to the stat portion, to the stat portion. Let me, I'm going to just show you this real quick. I, I, had a, I, got, I got some good stuff here, but I'm not going to be able to get it out to you today. But let me just give you research and stats. Watch this. Just so that you know, this is how your mind works. Because science and scripture begin to uh, applaud each other. When you understand, I'm not talking about fake news science. I'm talking about real science that's been researched out. Listen, listen to this right here. 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavior illness, Ill, illnesses comes from one's thought life. Just, let's just move the margins in. Only 2 to 25% of mental illnesses comes from the environment and genes. What you see on TV, they're just selling pain. Big farmers getting bigger, but you getting sicker. But I got something for big pharma. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. I'm not saying medication is bad. Take it if you need it. God uses it. God uses it. We got doctors and nurses in here. God uses it. I'm just saying there's a higher order. But, but we've been trained to think that whatever's going on in my life is a disorder. And it is a disorder. But it's not a disorder that you can't overcome. Just by the way you think about a thing. Okay, let me give you this one. With, with these findings, this is not going to be there yet, but with these findings, we take facts and experiences and the events of life, and we begin to assign meaning to them through our thinking. The way we process. Now, science and Scripture both show, both, both show watch this, science and Scripture both show 
that we are wired for love and optimism. Optimism. Love and optimism. And when we react by thinking in a negative way or making negative choices, then the quality of our thinking begins to suffer. Which means that the quality of our brain, because our brain, science has proven this, your brain is not a fixed organ. Your brain is developing every day. Your brain can expand every single day. And what happens is, in fact, science is now saying because they thought, for many years they thought it's just a fixed organ. That's the way it is. That's what it's always going to be. But now they're saying, no, your brain is recreating certain things in it so that you can learn certain things differently. So, 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 so our brain now, now can, we can build into our brain. Look at your name and say, you got a brain? Just say, we can build into our brain. <laughs> we can build into our brain a construction, a school of thought, or a design that says, I may be in a season of suffering, but I'm not going to be suffering. <gasps> I may be in a season where I'm walking out my healing. But in my mind, in my brain, I'm building these things and these constructions in my brain that's based on the word of God. That by his stripes, I'm the healed of the Lord. And I'm not going to give in to the negative negative emotions that I feel. I'm not going to give in to the negative circumstances. I'm not going to keep giving in to the reports that are contrary to the word of God. Because my brain has the capacity to learn something different. That brings positive outcomes to my life. That's that's, that's science and scripture. Is this all right? Can I have just like maybe five minutes? Is that can I? Some of you say no. Don't say that. Somebody's like, don't 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 tell him. Don't say that. He just keeps going. Don't don't give him nothing. Science and scripture, this will be on the screen. Science and scripture has revealed a comforting and a challenging point at the same time. Negative thinking is not the norm. Think about it. As a child of God, thinking negative is not normal. Oh, my Lord. In fact, you were born not to think negative. But you were raised in a culture. You were raised in an environment that taught you how to be negative. That taught you how to be hateful. That taught you how to be disrespectful. That taught you that the sun is never going to shine again on your life. You were taught that. You were taught to think the way you were thinking because scientifically and scripturally, God never designed for you to think negative. He put love and optimism inside of your life. You were born. You were created in the image of God. There's nobody on the planet like you. Nobody has your retina scan. Nobody has your voice print. Nobody has your fingerprint. You were created in the very likeness of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are just like a little G God walking on this planet. You don't have time to be 
be negative. You don't have time to be fault-finding because it's building a construction in my head and it produces a system in my life that I will never break away from. Woo! Hallelujah. Okay, let me give you these and then we're going to go. i got three minutes. Research shows that our DNA, our genetic codes, actually changes shape according to your thoughts. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, uh, what's the name of her book? Um, Vanessa, uh, the brain, um, turn your brain on, switch on your brain. She did some research, and I went back to where she did her research. I found her footnotes and did the research myself. And, and, and she, she, said, she said negative thoughts and toxic thinking will change your brain wiring into a negative direction and throw your body into stress. Somebody, I'm all stretched out. You know why? Because you've been thinking about it. <laughs> you've been thinking about all the stuff that could happen to you. You've been thinking about all the stuff that might happen to you. Now, our whole nation is living in stress. I mean, we're scared. We're, our whole nation is scared. Just watch the news. Everybody is living in fear. You weren't wired for fear. You were wired, according to 1 Timothy, with love, power, and a sound mind. That's the way God wired you. God put a sound mind on the inside of you. You live in fear because you watch too much negative stuff. <laughs> Woo. Dr. Herbert Benson, he's an MD, president of Harvard Medical Schools and the Mind Body Institute. He said, Negative thinking leads to stress, which affects our body's natural healing capacities. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't got time to be stressed. Come on, tell them, you ain't got time. Woo, you, ain't, you got too much life to be stressed. Karen, Karen knows that. Karen, Karen, I mean, we, 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 we deal with all kinds of stuff, too. My house is not devil-free, okay? We, we got junk going on, too. But, but Karen, knows, Karen knows, and it's, it's only by the grace of God, it's not a me thing, but, but I have learned that I don't care what I'm in, come about 10 o'clock at night, tell them I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. And, and I'm going to rise and shine at 4.30 in the morning. I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm going to tackle my day with everything I got on the inside of me. And I go to bed sometimes, it's rolling in my head. Well, well, you know, they, they act like this good going on. And what if it don't work? What if it, well, I mean, just, just church stuff, life stuff, marital stuff, children's stuff, grandchildren. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff. It's there. It's there. It's always there. But you know what? I just made up in my mind, I am not going to be sick because of stress. I'm not going to be sick because of stress. And I'm not saying it ain't there. I'm not saying it's not knocking on the door. I'm just saying, you know what? I'm going to pull the covers up over my head, and Karen's going to accuse me of snoring, but I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to sleep through the night, and I'm going to get up when my alarm clock goes off, and I'm going to say, look out, devil. You should have got me when you had me. You should have killed me when I was down. But because I've got some new breath, I've got some new ideas, I've got some new thoughts, i got another way of thinking. I am coming after you with everything i got. I'm coming, I'm coming, because I'm going to break the systems. <laughs> Somebody say, oh my God, I'm just, get me out of here. <laughs> okay, here's just a few more. The, the Institute of Heart Math, Heart Math, that's how the, I guess it's, it's the way the, I looked at it, it's the way the institution is read. 
It's an internationally recognized nonprofit research organization that helps people reduce stress uh, when, when they're stressful. And so they, they, they ran these tests. And they said that thinking and feeling anger, fear, and frustration cause the DNA to change shape according to those people's thoughts and feelings. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm like, we're talking DNA, genetic code, what makes me tick. So my genetic code, my DNA is altered based on how I think. No wonder God said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Science is proven the Bible to be true. Yes, it is. We shut down by negative emotions, and then our body shuts down. But the good news is, the good news is, the same DNA codes that were reversed by those negative thoughts, they get reversed right back. By feelings of love, joy, appreciation, and gratitude. Here, here, if you feel like you're depressed and in stress, just start putting some joy in your life. Put some appreciation in your life. Go hug on somebody that needs a hug. <laughs> okay, th- these are the last ones right here. I, I really don't win. I know it's late. I really do. I know it, but it won't, it won't do you no good if I stop right now. <laughs> so it'll do me a lot of good. I get on that bathroom and I'll get on up out of here. It'll do me a lot of good. When, when we make poor quality decisions or we choose to engage in toxic thoughts, watch. For example, spiritual words, unforgiveness, bitterness, frustrations, or just the feeling of not being able to cope with anything, you are changing the molecular DNA genetic code of your very being. And your genetic expression begins to take shape, which then changes the shape of your brain, wiring your thoughts always into a negative pattern. When you see believers walking around, they won't, they won't release forgiveness. You know what? They're bitter. And here's the thing. I'm not saying they didn't do something to you. As a believer, you don't have a right to hold them in bondage with your bitterness. Well, I'm not going to forgive them. You don't know what they did to me. They hurt me. They wounded me. I'm sure it was deep, and I'm sure it cut really bad. But you know what? You're not stopping them. They're still having a good old time. What's stopping is your progress. Your progress is being stopped because you won't let it go. Remember the song, let it go. You won't let it go. You got to let it go. Listen, it ain't about them. It's about your future. It's about your promise. It's about the destiny over your life. Well, I've just been wounded. Tell me one person in here who hasn't been wounded. 
We all got scars that we can show. We all got wounds that we can talk about. We all got disappointments that we don't want to relive. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to let it build a thought process in my head because God needs me on this planet. God needs me in my family. Okay, these are the last ones. You ready? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to preach them. I'm just going to run through them because these, are, these, were, these were the findings of Dr. Caroline Leaf. This is what I went and researched and pulled back through. The most powerful force in the universe is God. Amen. Your mind is the second most powerful thing. Think about it. There's nothing more powerful than God on the planet, in the universe. But the second most powerful thing in the universe is the way you think. Your body is not in control of your mind. Your mind is in control of your body. And your mind is stronger than your body. We call it mind over matter. People say, well, I just couldn't help myself. No, you could help yourself. (laughs) Next one. You are not a victim of your biology. It's just the way I was born. No, you were born with love. You were born with optimism. You were born with a sound mind. And you were born with a genetic code that either made you male or female. Now, the tendencies that you play with, is, uh, that's what you play. Maybe you're born and you're raised in a culture that's got all kinds of crazy tendencies. Maybe there's generational curses that's running in your family. I'm just telling you, that ain't the way God put it inside of you. And you can break that stronghold. You can break that system over your life. And you can be free in the name of Jesus. Oh, just don't give me a golf cart clap. If you're going to clap, come on, let's give God some praise. Here's a new word I just found the other day. Neurogenesis. Neuro, neuro, N-word genesis. Each morning when you wake up, you have a new baby nerve cells born inside your brain to use wisely as you remove bad thoughts and wire in the new ones. Science, lining up with the word. Watch. The word's not lining up with science. The word's been here since the beginning. Science is catching up with the word. So every morning you get up, guess what? You don't have to think about them old things because you're being wired. You got new baby wiring thoughts. But if you can say, oh, God, it's too cold. I ain't even going to go to church today. I ain't getting out of bed. It feels too good. Now, obviously, that didn't happen to you. You're here. Well, maybe you had to fight through some of it, but you're here. But there's a lot of people that are not. Okay. We already kind of said this, but you've been wired for love. Fear is learned and not a natural response. Hmm. That's science and word. Somebody says, well, I'm afraid. That's not of God. Huh? God didn't put fear in you. He gave you love, power, and a sound mind. All right? You don't have to fear that if a condition runs in your family, that you're going to get it. And I just put some, I just put some Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, depression, cancer. Because we've been taught... It's genetically or hereditary. Is that right? 
Boy, they make some bad, hard words to say. It's just like, it's, you know, it runs in your genes. Why don't you just say it just runs in your genes? I'm not saying there's not elements of truth of that, and I'll, I can show that to you uh, scientifically because it is, but, but I'm just saying it don't have to be that way. You can overcome with this scientific evidence. This is scientists. This is scientists. This, these are research groups. You can overcome and control depression and anxiety. Some scientists are showing that you can even control and overcome schizophrenia and OCD. <laughs> oh, that one hit me right between the eyes because I'm pretty OCD. My wife is just about to shout me down right there. Just sit there, baby. Just let me preach here. It only takes one. Huh? You can overcome it. You don't have to keep digging into your past to get free from it. Wow. Okay, I, I, I'm, I, I'm out of grace. Y'all stand to your feet. I'm out of grace. Y'all, it's out of grace. I can feel it. it I'm done. I, I'm done. I know, I know you've just been challenged to the core because we've been taught to think everything different than what I just said. Well, it runs in my family. Well, let me tell you something. If everybody in my neighborhood has the flu, I don't plan on getting it. About three of us clapped. The other said, I don't care if I get it. I got a shot. I've been vaccinated. <laughs> you see? It's the way we think. And I'm not saying none of that stuff is not real because it is. I'm just saying when you've been anointed to break systems and everything that I just described, that's why I went on the scientific trail because if I just, if I just stayed tied to the scriptures, then we'd be limited a little bit. I went down the scientific trail to bring the natural order in line with the spiritual order. And that's why when we begin to think differently, then we begin to respond differently. Come on, just say this out loud one time. I am an overcomer. Now, let's say, take it up a little bit higher. Say, I am an overcomer. Now, let's just say it like you really got an attitude and you're about to say it to somebody. Say, put your foot in and say, I am an overcomer. You see how different that feels? It just begins to feel because now you're wiring something differently. Just, just, I mean, when you begin to think that way, when you begin to say, I am, an, I, I am more than a conqueror. I have been built for exploits. The greatest one lives on the inside of me. I have been made to rule. I have been made to rise. I have been made to move through this planet and not be bound by the systems that seek to limit me. You, you just start thinking differently. Start breaking systems. And what happens is, what everybody wants a miracle, and I do too. Viva did a, an incredible time at the rally talking about how miracles can be now. And, and, and we all want those things, and I do too. And I, they are a now thing. They don't have to be put off. But I'll tell you something. Di divine release comes to mature based on the way we think a thing. And I believe I've been, I'm going to push on this a little bit more maybe for the next couple of weeks. But how many are ready for a divine release? How many are ready for a major breakthrough? Right? Huh? Come on, can we just throw both hands up in the air and just say, Lord, let, come on, can we just open our mouths and say, Lord, let it, let it come in my life. Let it come in my zip code. Let it come in, in my home. Let it come on my family. Lord, I just declare now in the name of Jesus, God, whatever the enemy is doing, whatever the enemy is saying, however the enemy is working against me, Lord, I thank you this morning that I've been built to do something better. I've been built to be better. Lord, I'm not going to give in to depression. I'm not going to give in to oppression. I'm not going to give in to the patterns and the systems of this world. But I'm going to break it. Ah, come on, somebody just shout, I'm going to break it. I'm a systems breaker. I'm a systems breaker. 
He said, you're going to prophesy. Speak to it. Speak to it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's a name that's above every name. That's a power that's above every power. It's Jesus. Jesus in the streets. Jesus. That the name of Jesus would fill our homes. Lord, that it will fill every corner and segment of society in which we put our foot down on. Father, we thank you this morning for the power of the resurrected Christ. And Lord, I thank you this morning that strongholds will not manipulate or dominate. Lord, we thank you that mindsets are being changed and shifted even now under the preaching of the word of God. Lord, we just thank you for that. And we just give you praise. Lord, I thank you that there's an anointing on your people to break systems. Come on, somebody just shout, I am a systems breaker. Come on, say, I am a systems breaker in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, give God a praise. Amen. Amen. I just, I want to do this on our way out. I don't want to leave it on a bad note because I do believe in the power of Karen just shared with me, many of us know him, uh, Matt Beatty, uh, I guess had a stroke this morning, and they airlifted him out to the hospital. Matt and I are very good friends, been close our whole lives, and graduated together, those kind of things. I just believe we're going to speak the name of Jesus over Matt Beatty's yeah. life. Huh? Come on, he, he's a son of this city, member of this community. We, 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 we just, we just, come on, let's just take about 10 seconds here and we're going to stand in the gap. Come on. We're going to break a system. Hi. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we call out Matt Beatty. 
We call his name out in front of you today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, whatever the stroke issues are, Lord, whatever it be, heart, whatever it is, Lord, whatever the blood clog, the blood vessels, whatever it may be, Lord, Lord, we just speak to that, the veins, the arteries, Lord, the brain cells. Lord, we just speak to Matt Beatty's life now. We say line up, line up with the word of God. Line up now in the name of Jesus. We call you healthy. We call you whole. We call you recovering now in the name of Jesus. We break the system of sickness and disease. We break it off of your life right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. By the time he lands, Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for a better report. For a better report. Lord, we just thank you right here. Come on, can we thank God in advance? We thank God in advance for a better report. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over this house. I pray over families. I pray over individuals. I pray over sickness and disease. I pray over the attachment of the enemy over families. We break its power. We break its grip. We break the, the stain of sin. We break the guilt of sin. We break the shame of sin. We break it now in the name of Jesus. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we call you liberated. We call you free today in the mighty name of Jesus. And we give you praise and glory. Come on, if you believe that, just give him a big shout. Come on, just give him a big shout. Come on, let's give him a big shout. He deserves it. Jesus' name. We're going to go now, and, and I do apologize. Never supposed to go this long, but I apologize for that link there. But hey, we got prayer prayer teams up here. Our altar team ministry is here. Miss Pam is going to be here with her team, and we're going to be here if you need prayer for anything. Please don't walk out if you need prayer. Let us touch and agree with you. That's what the Bible says. In fact, if, if you got sickness and disease, the Bible says let them, let you. Call for the elders of the church. Let them lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It's up to you to make the first move. Amen. So if you got something going on in your life, don't walk out of here with it. Come up here and let's believe God for healing. Amen. If you want to sign up for the for the volunteer banquet, you can do that right there, right there in the back at the next steps table. Sign up. If you serve in any department on any level, we're going to have an incredible time on February the 27th. February the 27th. It's going to be a great time. Food, family, fun, prizes, you name it. It's all going to be good. We're going to celebrate all you who served all year long last year. We thank God for you. Amen. Father, I speak a blessing over your people. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you, you bless us coming in and you bless us going out. Lord, I speak life and health over your people today. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you're going to be here for the, for the growth track, we're fixing to move right into the generation.